Hey guys, welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, Bill Connolly of ESPN joins me to break down the top five quarterbacks in this year's draft class. Which quarterback would he not be comfortable taking in the first round when he's popularly being graded as a top five pick? But first, wanted to tell you about another ESPN podcast. It's hosted by ESPN and Anscape contributor Dominique Foxworth. Yes, Dominique Foxworth, the Dominique Foxworth, my co-host occasionally on Debatable, a regular contributor to this show. He's smart. He's funny. He's talented. He's handsome. He's You get it. It's Dominique. Listen to his show every Tuesday and Thursday because it showcases Dom's unique perspectives in football, parenting, the NBA, and really anything Dominique finds interesting. It's a very good podcast, you know, because at least one time, every single time I listen, I have to turn it off because I get so angry at one of Dominique or, or Charlie's takes when it comes to usually the NBA, sometimes the NFL, but that's a good ratio. It is that good ratio of smart to I disagree, but it's smart to this is infuriatingly wrong. So as we gear up for the NFL draft, check out the Dominique Foxworth show. Listen wherever you are listening to this podcast, which is about to start right now with Bill Connolly breaking down this year's quarterback class. All right, joining me now as promised here on the Bill Barnwell Show, making his annual appearance <laughs> to talk about the quarterback draft class. It's my old friend from Football Outsiders, my colleague at ESPN, the best person in the business if you want to talk about the Bundesliga, <laughs> if you want, or if you want to talk about college football, it is my friend Bill Connolly. Bill, how are you? I mean, I'm pretty good. If you want to talk Bundesliga, we can. I'm ready at all times, but I, I assume I know why we're what we're talking about here. We we can talk about uh, the the move to Thomas Tuchel. We can talk about uh, Bayern just abandoning their plan because of one. Yeah, anybody can make panic form. moves. Anybody can make panic moves. There may be an NFL team or two making a panic move yeah. here in the next couple of weeks, Bill. As we approach the NFL draft, and we approach. A quarterback class that could be very compelling. Still a lot up in the air. I, I will say this feels unique to me and that I think even a couple of years ago when we had a lot of quarterbacks going pretty high, I think you have to go back to maybe that Baker Mayfield class where you know there were maybe five guys going in the first round and we weren't sure which order they would go or if you know Baker Mayfield could have been a mid-round pick, he could have been the first overall pick as he was. Not maybe as dramatic of a a disparity in terms of opinions about the quarterbacks in this class but we're sitting here it's a couple weeks before the draft and it's there's been multiple favorites to go with the first overall pick <laughs> and i don't know if the guy who goes number one is a guy who other teams would even consider drafting which is a really fascinating situation as we approach the first overall pick and the carolina panthers who traded up so bill today we are going to talk about at least four of the quarterbacks in this year's class. And I want to get your perspective as someone who follows the college game more closely than anybody on the planet about Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis, their pros, their cons, and, and how they translate to the professional level. And so where do we start? Is, is, is there a fair place to start without uh, implicitly showing some sort of bias about who should go number one? Well, I mean, we can certainly start with the good ones. Um, <laughs> that's, 
you know, okay. So I, I should qualify. I should be fair and say like the good, the guys who were particularly good in college, I think, yep. you know, the Josh Allen experience has been, a, uh, you know, was a chastening one for yes. me and plenty of others when it comes to ceiling versus floor and potential and all those other things. Sure. Uh, but of the five, of the four to five that we'll talk about, two were clearly much better than the others over over the course of a, a longer period of time. And um, I figured we'd probably start there. Okay. I'm going to guess that you're talking about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud Correct. crossing my fingers. Correct. Okay, good. We made it that far. Did not embarrass myself in the first minute of the show by <laughs> picking the wrong quarterbacks who are actually good. Let's start with the actually good ones. We'll start with Bryce Young because I'll say he has been on the upswing, at least in terms of the odds at Caesars, other places. Uh, he has gone from being a favorite to go number two to the favorite to go number one in some places. And so I feel like there is this tiny elephant in the room with Bryce Young that we have to start with. We'll get to everything else about his play, but Bill, let me just start with this. I'm going to ask you to execute a thought exercise with me. Okay. Bill, make me an argument for why Bryce Young's size will matter at the NFL level and why his size won't matter at the NFL level based on him being most likely the smallest quarterback prospect <laughs> well, ever. That's, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, the reason to think it won't work is simply because, you, you know, the NFL's been around a while. And if you don't have an example of a guy – that resembles 13 other guys who have succeeded in the pros, much less one. It does kind of, it's, I don't know if you'd call it a red flag, but it does make you at least a little bit concerned. He is a small dude and, um, you know, not, not just skinny, not just, you know, below. I don't want to say he's short cause he's taller than I am, I think. Uh, and, and I don't want to admit that I'm short. So, um, <laughs> but as far as NFL quarterbacks go, he's short and skinny and, what's the best comp Kyler Murray, except he's not nearly that fast. Um, mm -hmm. And he uses his legs in a completely different way. That's not a very good comp. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason to worry It's just that nobody like him has ever succeeded at a high level in the NFL before. The reason not to worry is he's an incredible college quarterback uh, with a good arm. And what's the drawback of being skinny. You get hit really hard. Nobody hits him. Um, mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't, he's not taken off downfield to gain huge yards on the ground much of the time, except in kind of really important kind of moments. Um, and he just doesn't really get hit. So what does it matter if you're skinny, then if you're <laughs> able to uh, get the ball out of your hands really, really quickly. And I mean, that's the first thing you notice watching him, or at least the first thing I noticed from the start of his, uh, starting campaign at Alabama is, I mean, ball just as soon as he knows where he's going to throw it, balls out of his hands in about you know a tenth of a second, mm -hmm. um, and that has served him really well. He was one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch in recent years, and in 2022, you know what the drawbacks of so, sometimes trying to evaluate an Alabama quarterback are that you know his his supporting cast is so perfect. What can mm -hmm. we really learn about him? His supporting cast wasn't really perfect last year. His receivers were fine. Uh, I mean, he's still good for college football, but not amazing. Um, his offensive line certainly didn't do him a ton of favors in terms of mm -hmm. pass protection. Um, lots of penalties, so he was facing more second or third and longs than normal. And you know that that add, that ramped up the degree of difficulty for him. And he threw for thirty three hundred yards and thirty two touchdowns and. 
Um, you know, Alabama still ranked what the top 20 in passing success rate. And mm-hmm. when he scrambled, he scrambled for double digit yards pretty much every time. And mm-hmm. he's just, he was really, really good. It's just, we'll see how if that translates or not. I think it will, but I understand if there's hesitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I wanted to ask you about the supporting cast. It's going to come up with a couple of these players because in his Heisman year, he had a legit number one and number two in terms of rounds at the NFL level with Jamison Williams, first round pick to the Lions, and John Mechie, the second round pick for the Texans, who unfortunately has been battling leukemia uh, since he was drafted by Houston. This past year, Jermaine Burden and Ja'Cory Brooks, not yeah. exactly regarded as the same caliber of receiver. You mentioned how that impacted the situations that Bryce Young found himself in, but in terms of his, his play-to-play performance, like did you see him struggle more did you see him find solutions not having those sort of you know easy buttons to, to, to steal a nate tice term as i steal all the time uh for you know for for making his life easier within the offense like did he look like he was able to overcome maybe the that that downgrade in terms of receiver talent yeah i mean i think he probably i'm, I'm trying to pull up the numbers real quick here it, it wouldn't surprise me if he scrambled more last year mm-hmm. uh, on average just because um things collapsed on him a little quicker there's that famous play towards the end of the texas game where you know i, I don't remember if it was a corner or an outside linebacker blitzed and there was nobody mm-hmm. there to block him and he just ducks and <laughs> then runs for 15 yards and then throws sets up the game winning field goal like mm-hmm. he he it really did just feel like the degree of difficulty went up on him and he still produced basically the same stats. His, his QBR was basically the same. It was 87.2 in 2021 and 86.2 last year. Um, you know, more yards per drop back. He, he had to throw a little further downfield, but he did it. He took half the number of sacks last year, despite the second and longs and third and longs. And, mm-hmm. and again, we're talking about Alabama. So the, it's not like, you know, he was playing for, well, insert team, you don't mind, you know, uh, disparaging in, here. insulting here, but you know, it, it's still for an Alabama quarterback. He had to deal with more than we've seen in a while. And he not only really kind of matched his, his 2021 stats in some case, he exceeded them. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza. The number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned his, his ability to get the ball out quickly when he knows where he wants to go with the football. But when he doesn't necessarily have that open receiver, we've seen an ability, like you alluded, whether it's as a scrambler, whether it's as a a player who extends the play and then finds an open receiver, you know, the ability to extend the play and create out of sequence. And I think about the last quarterback to hit the NFL who was really dinged for his height. 
And that was Russell yeah. Wilson, who until last year did that really well at the pro level. It became an essential part of his game. And one of the reasons why there are concerns about Russell Wilson slowing down and not being the guy he was in years past is because he maybe can't do that quite as well in terms of creating out of structure. So do you think Bryce Young has to do that to succeed at the NFL level? Or can it be like a Drew Brees where he can succeed even though he's smaller strictly as a pocket passer? Yeah, I think as long as he didn't develop any bad habits last year, I'm not too worried because he has done fine in the pocket too. It's not, I don't think, you know, what we saw with Baker Mayfield in what his second year was, it seemed like every defensive coordinator was able to figure out like, okay, come at him from this direction. He's going to scramble back into the right or just little tendencies where suddenly he was doing all of his bad things on every single play. (laughs) And it took him a little while to overcome that if he did at all. Um, I don't think it's like that. He really does seem to try to focus on staying in the pocket. Um, and maybe Drew Brees is a good, he's, he's, he's quicker than Drew Brees. Um, but if he can have the quick release that Drew Brees has, then that's probably the most favorable comp you can come up with. Cause he was, he, he, he doesn't want to leave, but he just does it when he has to. And he's really good when he has to do it. Mm-hmm. What about his arm strength? Because you look at the numbers last year and, and like you said, not with superstar receivers, he was fifth in the NFL in QBR on throws 20 or more yards downfield. So because he's smaller, he doesn't have the, the he's a slight person relative mm-hmm. to other NFL quarterbacks. Are there concerns about his arm? Well, I think it's hard to tell because, you know, because the release is so fast, the ball gets out, you know, that, that extra beat uh, anyway. So it was hard to tell. I, I mean, he doesn't have an Anthony Richardson arm. Um, but I think it qualifies as good enough, especially if you just, if he gets it out that fast that he, he gains an extra couple miles per hour because of that. Um, it's not something that really cost him any, when he's scrambling, I don't think he's looking 30 yards downfield, um, mm-hmm. uh, by any means, but no, when, when, especially from the pocket, when he had a guy come open deep or th- that he thought was going to come open deep, he got the ball there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what matters, I guess, at the end of the right. day. Right, yeah, no, like he's not, yeah, this isn't a Levis Richardson situation, <laughs> but he's not, it's not a weak arm by any means. You've, I mean, you've you've disparaged Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, and yet you keep coming back to them as, oh, well, they have these well, I know, I know why arms. they're evaluated where they're evaluated, <laughs> and they, they definitely have stronger arms than Bryce Young. Okay, someone who does have a strong arm, though, is C.J. Stroud, who might seem like he is perhaps this middle ground between someone who the sort of the unpolished uh you know brilliance possibly of an anthony richardson and the slight concerns about bryce young where he's not necessarily prototypical size it's not will levis size but certainly bigger than bryce young but what i want to start with with cj stroud is the quality of teammate because yeah. you go back to 2021 he has Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, who were, I believe, number one and two, or number two and number one in the Offensive Rookie of the Year voting at the NFL <laughs> level. And, Jackson and they Smith weren't even the leading receiver, yeah. And Jackson Smith and Jake Boo is number one. Uh, and then last year, you have Olave graduate, Wilson graduates, Smith and Jake was hurt for a decent chunk of the year with a, a quote-unquote hamstring issue. And then you have Marvin Harrison Jr., who might be a better prospect than any of them, and Amika Ibuka step up. And they both have thousand plus yard seasons. So, how much of of <laughs> CJ Stroud's success would you say is is the, the product of having just you know multiple round one NFL caliber receivers on every single play he has to work with? 
Yeah, it's hard. It's so hard to evaluate. And I know like one of the tropes now is, you know, Ohio State doesn't produce good pro quarterbacks because, you know, obviously, um, it, you know, it's been a it's been a minute here. Haskins obviously struggled early. Mm-hmm. Fields is still unfinished, whatever he ends up becoming, whether it's good or not. He's clearly not there yet. And so I, I, I understand the concern. Uh, all I can really say is that Stroud isn't one, either one of those guys. He is different other than just being a good quarterback. He doesn't have a, a ton in common with either one of those guys for better or worse. And he hits the, all these amazing receivers. He hits them in stride. He was, he threw the most accurate ball, I think of any of these quarterbacks and, and wow. maybe only young was particularly close. Um, and so <laughs> uh, you know, he did what he was asked to do. That's all we know for sure. Because Ohio State's offense, the thing about it is not only are do they always have 13 five-star receivers they're throwing to, but it's also it's also just been the most brilliantly spaced offense in college. Like everybody, they go sideline to sideline. They have so they they create space no matter what. Even if you know what's coming, you can't really stop it because there's so much open area to to maneuver in and mm-hmm. you know he had such risk-free opportunities to throw to you know jackson smith and jigba a couple of years ago where he can throw a quick hook route and it'll go for 29 yards <laughs> like it's i i get it i understand the concerns about degree of difficulty and they're not wrong i mean he i think overall he handled pressure pretty well that from a number standpoint there were you know it's there were times you know especially in last year's michigan game where things seemed to catch up to him a little bit and he started he he lost confidence um and and you could kind of tell it and maybe he started when he started to realize he had to force the issue because that's another thing ohio state rarely trailed in his time there so you know there wasn't a, a ton of adversity in that regard but you know there were moments where maybe he pressed a little bit and you started to realize that he didn't have that high level of adversity training yet mean that he can't learn when he gets it but he hasn't gotten it yet Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think about justin fields where not saying they're similar as quarterbacks but just in terms of the the level of comfort justin fields had for most of his pro career and then going into the exact opposite situation with (laughs) the bears where it's questionable coaching it's not much of an offensive line the receivers are pretty bad and we've seen him be a totally different quarterback, yep. not only in terms of uh, of how he's performing, because of course, crazy sack rates, like a 14% sack rate last year, <laughs> subpar interception rate, subpar completion percentage, and he's been an incredible runner, which is something that was not the focal point of his game right. at Ohio State. So I, I guess I wonder when I look at Stroud, do you think as part of that adjustment period to the professional game, do you think we see him become more of a runner just out of sheer self-preservation depending on where he ends up (laughs) yeah well i mean we saw this hint like for the first time ever he was really running the ball semi-frequently in the in the semifinals last year against georgia and he looked pretty good doing it he's definitely not his strides aren't as long as justin fields he's not as as fast a runner and and over the course of his entire career i mean last year he scrambled he barely ever scrambled he didn't take sacks either because he got the ball out of his hands so fast so he wasn't when fields came out we kind of all the college folks said, like, if he struggles, it's probably because he really does. He he can take all he could take all the time he needed to figure things out uh, at the college level. And when somebody was able to pressure him, it kind of 
it, it, it would like surprised him a little bit because it happened so infrequently. Haskins was kind of the same in that regard, uh, even though he obviously wasn't as fast. Um, Stroud did get the ball out very quickly. And, and so maybe that's a, a, you know, a sign that he processes things quickly. Maybe those are just his, he's looking to get the ball. Like he's not looking to make a 30 yard gain. He's just trying to get the ball out and move the chains. Maybe those are good signs, but there, yeah, again, there's no question that just like uh, Haskins, just like fields, he hadn't gotten a ton of on-field adversity uh, in his time before he hit the pros. And we'll, we don't know how he'll respond completely until we see it. At the same time, though, I think about Joe Burrow, where you yeah. know there was a limited track record of success, and he had <laughs> Justin Jefferson and Jamar yeah. Chase. I, you know, at the college level, he had Clyde Edwards-Helaire. He had a decent offensive line and posted one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. <laughs> I think we could have raised these same concerns about Joe yep. Burrow heading into the draft. And granted, he has T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, which isn't exactly chop liver at wide receiver, but he's done just fine as a pro. He's adapted, so. Yeah. Do, is it fair to take Fields' sort of struggles and apply those to Stroud, or is it just, you know, there's going to be an adjustment period for any quarterback? How, right. how do you think you translate that to the pro level? Yeah, and, and I mean, Burrow's another guy. He probably holds the ball a little too long sometimes trying to make plays, um, and t- he's taken a good number of hits in the pros because of it. Um, maybe... Maybe we see that from Stroud as well, but I do think he's kind of coming at it from the opposite angle. Like if there's a concern there, it's that he's not looking downfield enough or he's 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 settling too quickly. And maybe maybe that becomes an issue uh, in, in the way that it has for a completely different set of quarterbacks. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. We always we, we say Ohio State's uh, quarterbacks uh, struggle in the pros. But if 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 Joe Burrow didn't, then. It's not just a talent thing. Um, it really does come. And I I mean, I've, I know I've said this a couple of times now, but I do think where we screw up a lot in our evaluations is assuming that just because a guy hasn't had to do something means he'll be bad at it. Like he might not be. We just don't know. And with Stroud, we don't know how he would handle being dumped into a Chicago Bears-esque situation and what I mean, inevitably he'd have some bad habits, but what would they be? We don't really know that. Um, and it does make him intriguing. I, 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 I was worried you're going to make me rank these guys in terms of who I'd pick, and you still might. I don't know, um, but I, I, I don't know between Sprout, Stroud, and Young. I kind of, I think I lean Young, but I completely get it if you lean Stroud because he really was an outstanding quarterback. That was a bad decision on your part, Bill. I wasn't going to, yeah. but now I think I have to. So, ah. well, I mean, I know you're not going to have Richardson or Levis three, two, one or two, <laughs> so we could. That's at least half the battle you've had That's right. the problem. It's really just two sets of rankings between one and two and three and four. We'll get to that a little bit later. I'll give you a chance to just <laughs> want it a little bit before we get to ranking them. But let's get to Anthony Richardson. Um, I, I feel like we've had the widest range of opinions on Anthony Richardson. I see people who I respect who have said he might be the best quarterback in this draft class, just saddled with an offense and a set of receivers that did not help him at Florida. And you look at the numbers. um, There's some stuff in here that's so weird. Like he held the ball for an average of 3.2 seconds, which is the (laughs) the longest in the nation. But he only took sacks on 3.5% of his dropbacks. How is that possible? Yeah, no, 11% of pressures became sacks was the, is one of the things that I try to follow. Um, And that's, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense considering how much he was running around. Like Bryce Young was at 15%, um, that sack to pressure ratio, ratio. 
Uh, CJ Stroud was at 12%, except he didn't scramble. Um, and so it, it, it was, I, I will say that, you know, because we inevitably lump Richardson and Levis together here. If you, if you're, if you're drafting a guy based solely on tools and nothing else, I, I'm absolutely picking Richardson. Um, and I, and I definitely had to, I've begrudgingly come around in recent years. Cause I mean, long ago, I, my, my stock line when ranting about this stuff is you can't just, you know, just because you pick a quarterback in the top five, doesn't make him a top five talent. Why are you, you know, don't take a reach, you know, why take such a risk? And I understand now like just the financial benefits of picking a quarterback versus other positions and all these things. Like I, I get it. I, I understand that, uh, you know, taking a risk on a guy with, who with tools and a 54% completion rate. Um, I, I, I understand that this is probably a more tolerable risk than what I would have thought five or 10 years ago, but I still, I, it's been really funny watching uh, film Twitter um, the, the little overlap of the, the people who do a lot of film stuff, but also know the analytics kind of know the bait, the, the main points of, of the analytics side of things, all talking themselves into Richardson simultaneously. Um, because you just have to see him scramble and make one perfect pinpoint throw 40 yards downfield or whatever. And it all starts to make sense, but I do, he didn't have an amazing receiving core, uh, but he didn't have a terrible receiving core. Ricky Pearsall's good. Justin Shorter was solid. They had a lot of pretty good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it does concern me 58% completion rate or 54% completion rate. Uh, you know, it does concern me, even if his scrambling was pretty incredible. I mean, he's clearly an incredible athlete there. There's yeah. no question there, but what did this offense look like? Because, I mean, by all accounts, there has been issues taken with, you know, the the layups that Richardson had or lack thereof. Um, there's been questions about, you know, how many solutions he was given in the passing game. Obviously, yeah. you know, there's been drop concerns. But according to the numbers, more than yeah. 26% of Richardson's completions were to wide open receivers, which is more than anybody in this quarterback class so so what did the florida offense look like and is there anything from it that can translate to the pro game if you were going to say okay this is what a, a successful offense could look like with richardson here in the short term yeah i mean that's it was it really was unclassifiable in a lot of regards because yeah there were a lot of passes to wide open guys but at the same time uh there was a very high percentage of completions of 20 plus yards and usually if you're throwing a wide open guys it's it probably means that you're throwing a guy's three yards downfield uh you know a running back who drifted out of the pocket or whatever um so that's how you you kind of scheme those things to steal some yards here and there but he was doing that and then also you know so many of his completions were going way downfield his but his interception rate wasn't terrible it was it, it really is just kind of a dizzying um the stats there were some really 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 good stats and a lot of really 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 bad ones and the offensive line stats were terrible which is something to keep in mind too and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah in the end I, I cannot I would be so nervous if I was a GM thinking about drafting him but I whoever does I get it I I don't <laughs> think I could pick over Stroud and um and Young even if his ceiling might be higher just athletically but I do get it and he did make a lot of big plays and when you're making big plays then that at least a little excuses uh, a poor success rate or a poor completion rate at least a little bit 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, is there any way you would feel comfortable playing him for a significant amount of time in 2023? <laughs> well, that's always that's another mistake I've made so many times over the past is so many of these guys in the first round. I'm like, okay, well, as long as you you give him a red shirt year, so to speak. I think I was I was saying that about Blaine Gabbert. Oh, yeah. Um and that's another thing I've had to begrudgingly accept is if you're picking a guy in the top 10, you're not sitting him unless you absolutely have to. Um and and that's it would. I mean, <laughs> knowing that he can escape pressure, knowing that, you know, he's big enough that, I mean, he can probably take some hits, you know, that's, if you're, if you've got a top 10 draft pick and, you know, which probably means you were bad last year in most cases, you know, <laughs> let him run around and take some hits and learn some lessons and all that. And maybe that ends up okay. But I do, you do worry about bad habits in that regard. You always worry about guys just forgetting the good things and, and, and having all their bad things uh, magnified. And and I certainly would have to think it's a, it's a problem here, but I do, <laughs> I, I get it. Top 10. I can, I can accept Richardson in the top 10. Next guy we're going to talk about. I don't think I can accept him in the top 10. Oh no. Will Levis, not a top 10 quarterback, according to you. Is it because he just happens to look more like a quarterback than anything else? Is that the issue? <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's the closest. People see Josh Allen in him. And really? I, I think that's the biggest issue. And I mean, the dude's big. He can, he's not very fast, but I mean, he can, when, when he takes a hit, he's given one back and, um, he's a super tough guy, but I just, I, it, it, I, I've been, it seems like his stock's gone down a little bit. And, and I think I've felt a little relieved about that for him. Um, mm -hmm. just because, you know, some of these guys, you know, the expectation levels are having to see the field quickly end up being major problems. So I, I understand the arm strength thing. Um, it was funny when, uh, my friends at stats bomb, uh, mm -hmm. were, you know, they've been working on their American football product and they have like, you know, average velocity for a lot of the throws and stuff mm -hmm. because they've got all the all the film stuff and they can measure distance and 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 all that stuff. And it, basically his accuracy levels were the same as Stetson Bennett's, mm -hmm. um, which was very confusing and maybe maybe inaccurate. I don't know. But uh, it I <laughs> I think his his big his bigness and toughness are the are, are kind of buying him a little bit more credibility than his his passing actually did and his running actually wasn't all that impressive so you can't really draw a comp to josh allen there um so we'll see i think his processing time isn't amazing he can certainly throw hard and all that stuff but i do have a lot more questions for him simply because everything we were just talking about with the other guys um, you know, he's, he's regarded as an athlete and all this other stuff. Well, 33% of his uh, pressures became sacks. Um, he took 36 sacks last year and his line was bad, but Richardson's was kind of two and, mm -hmm. um, it, he, he didn't take 36 sacks. So I do, I am concerned. Uh, I'll, I'll, I get the arm talent thing, but I, I am concerned. Are, is there anything about his game as a passer outside of arm strength 
that was particularly impressive at the college level? Um, well, he beat man coverage. I will say that mm -hmm. like even last year when, when his receiving core wasn't as good, um, like just looking at his man versus zone splits, you know, eight and a half yards per attempt against zone or air, uh, sorry, uh, adjusted yards per attempt. I look at mm -hmm. that, you know, you know, you get the, the 20 yard bonus for touchdowns and the 45 yard penalty for interceptions. He was mm -hmm. at 8.5 against the zone, which is pretty good. And 9.3 against man His QBR against man was 78. Um, that's, you know, that, that can be a good sign because he wasn't throwing to open receivers downfield, you know? So if he's mm -hmm. playing against man defense, he's probably thrown into pretty tight windows. Um, and he, he, you know, his guys, the 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 rate of passes thrown at them that were you know deemed catchable by Sports Info Solution was pretty high, mm -hmm. and they caught them. So um, I, I do think he's got more accuracy than maybe the the stereotype that we kind of build around these guys. He's he's got more accuracy there. It's just he do probably doesn't have the same athleticism that he's been given credit for too. So trade off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly feels like a trade off. Um, is it fair to say that he had some concerns about the people around him? He lost Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator to the Rams. Wondell Robinson was drafted by the Giants in the second round. You know, kind of some of the people he was depending upon uh, back in 2021 were not back in 2022. So were there concerns about him not having a lot around him last year? That maybe Yeah, no, no question. It, his supporting cast got worse. There's, there's no question about that at all. Um, I, you know, in my defense and in, in kind of, you know, dropping him down a little bit here, as I was saying these things a year ago after his good season. Um, and, you know, he was he was top 20 in, in in total QBR, but not 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 top five, you know, in 2021 as well. He was good, but not great. And yeah, I, I don't know. I he's one of those guys um, in, in a lot of ways, like Carson Wentz was long ago where, you know, you watch him play and, you know, and you start to think, you know, I think he could maybe stick in the NFL. And then you realize people are talking about him as a first rounder and <laughs> you, it, the, the, the train just zoomed on by. And I, I was still trying to weigh how good a pro I thought he might be, not whether he would be a first rounder or not. Well, I mean, Carson Wentz as a second overall pick as a guy who was expected to be, one of the best players in football who got a contract like he was a franchise quarterback <laughs> was overrated. But Carson Wentz, if he had been, you know, a second round pick right. and then uh, not been given a significant contract would have been a, right. kind of a, a nice little healthy surprise. He was nearly the MVP one year at the NFL and everything went right for him. So I guess, you know, when it comes to Will Levis, is there a inflection point where he goes from being a guy where you're afraid to pick him to a guy who feels <laughs> like it might be a good value? You mean like in the in in, in the draft, the like within the first round or so, or or in the second round, if you think that's where he should go. Yeah, no, I mean, I I do think this is a you know keep him out of the top ten, make you know, lower the expectations a little bit, uh, and potentially let him. This is I, you know we were saying with Richardson, I you know I feel comfortable letting him scramble around and whatnot, um, and and kind of get some of his, you know, get some reps and figure out what he can't can and can't do and all that. Mm -hmm. I, I put Levis in that situation. And he's taken way too many hits because he does take a lot of hits, and so get him in a situation on a better team in the second in the back half of the first round or something where um where he's maybe protected a little bit more if he has to play or in the second round where maybe he's not thrown into the starting lineup immediately um those are going to be the good situations because again I do think he's got accuracy uh but he does seem to trust his athleticism way more than he has a reason to and it's it's gotten him hurt it's gotten him hit a lot and that could continue to happen with bigger faster guys in the NFL
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not really a good sign if you're talking about a, a quarterback prospect and you're like, oh, he's taking too many hits in college, let alone at their professional <laughs> 36. level. 36 like is sign. so many sacks to take in the in, at the college level. It's It's pretty crazy. That is ridiculous. Okay, we have time for your fifth quarterback prospect. So you're going to get to rank all five of these guys when we finish up with our last question. The player who led the uh, led, led college football last year in yeah. total QBR was Hendon Hooker of Tennessee, who then finished by tearing his ACL. <laughs> uh, Bill, how old is Hendon Hooker? Uh, he's like 38, right? And that he's was, that 30. Was the... He's gone up since we talked before the That's show. Right. He was 34. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he was he was a guy for like three years who had decent potential at Virginia Tech. Um, and for whatever reason, he and, jo- and uh, Fuente, the coach there at Virginia Tech, just did like each other, apparently. And so he ended up going to a far more favorable situation uh, at Tennessee. And... I mean, yeah, the age thing is real and, and I mean, he's coming off of injury. So I get that, you know, the stock is going to, his stock is going to suffer because of that. Um, I'm, I'm also very curious what the NFL at this point thinks of basically the Josh Heupel system, you know, it produced Drew Locke, my boy, Drew Locke. Um, it is the fastest system in college football. They, he's one of Josh Heupel's one of the only guys who still really, really utilizes tempo uh, at a, at a certain level. Like most of most college defenses have accounted for tempo to a lot of, uh, you know, and, and it's more of a situational thing now, but Tennessee still does it all the time. Um, and they're really, really good at it. And Josh Heupel systems also, this affects Jalen Hyatt. If you, if you're talking to receivers at some point, he's figured out a, uh, like a life hack with the slot receiver position. Like his slot receivers always average like 17, 19, 20 yards per catch. Um, just lots and lots and lots of, um, you know, quick hitters on the inside and lots of, of go routes on the outside. And he just has constantly the most successful slot receivers in the game. Hinnett Hooker was able to, you know, throw lobs to Jalen Hyatt and, and Hyatt ended up catching 75 percent of the passes thrown his way for 19 yards per catch so that obviously did brilliant things for hookers uh for for his stats overall and he ended up you know 70 percent completion rate 27 to 2 touchdowns to interceptions it, it was great um but mobility was a big part of his game early on and it still was last year you know seven yards per carry non-sack um he scrambled a decent not 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 necessarily too much but a, a decent amount uh, but let's go back to that sack to pressure ratio, 32%, almost the same as Levis. He took 23 sacks last year. Um, his mobility wasn't amazing when it comes to escape ability. And now he, you know, he's coming off a knee injury too. So that does, I, I like him more than Levis, but if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a GM, I'm still putting him fifth on this list that we're about to come up with because of the age thing and what that does for your contracts and everything else. And because of the, the lack of escapability overall. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at Brandon Whedon, I believe as the only quarterback older to be drafted in the first round. I think John Beck, uh, who was, Oh, John Beck. I forgot John Beck. Yeah. Would have been a second round pick, but you're, you're, you're drawing pretty slim. If you're trying to find quarterbacks (laughs) who are Hendon hookers age, neither of those players, neither of those guys turn out to be uh, particularly exciting draft picks at the pro level. So very curious, uh, situation there with Hendon hooker, but, all right, Bill, we'll finish up. You brought it up, so you can't blame me. Damn it. I know Hendon Hooker's number five. Yeah. Rank these quarterbacks from five to one. 
If Five you were drafting, one. ask an NFL general manager, tell me where you're ranking them and tell me the earliest point in the draft where you would be comfortable taking them. Ooh, okay. Um, well, yes, five is, I think, I think you can figure out the list at this point. I think I've dropped enough hints. Five is hooker. I really, I don't expect him to go in the first round. I know that, you know, there are wafting rumors and honestly, like landing at the bottom of the first round where he could be like a backup to a good QB. That might be the perfect situation for him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I would not because of the age, because of the mobility and everything else, I would definitely not have him in the first round anywhere, anywhere after first is fine. Um, I'll, mm-hmm. I'm really, really curious because I do think the red flags are are red enough for <laughs> to, GMs to talk themselves out of this when it comes down to it. And I'm curious where he ends up landing, but I do, he, he, he would not be a first rounder. Levis, I, I, I would probably not have him in the first round either, honestly, but wow. I understand I, I understand how this works in probably bottom half somewhere, I guess. I don't know. Like it's been, he's been up and down where, what are the latest, uh, what's the latest positioning for Levis at this point? Um, Latest is in where is the, the furthest he's yeah, falling or where? Well, yeah. Like the, the most recent mocks that are coming out. I, I Mel Kuyper's most recent mock, uh, as I will try to figure this out. In real I had that time. pulled up like an hour ago and then I closed it. Hmm, can't be that hard to find. It's on ESPN.com. <laughs> That's right. Will Levis is going fourth to oh, the Colts. Okay, never mind. He didn't fall at all. Um, no, I, I, <laughs> I would struggle having him in the first round um, because he's going to get hit a lot. But again, mm-hmm. you know, get those bottom of the first good teams, and and that'd be a much more positive situation. Fill in on with for injury, looking good, all that stuff. But I just don't. I don't see it. And I didn't see it with Josh Allen. That's fine. Um, I, I, you know, I was, I was wrong once and only once ever. Uh, don't look what, that's right. Don't, don't look at what I said about uh, Blaine Gabbert. Um, but uh, no, I, I really don't trust. I don't trust that at all. I do think number three on the list is Anthony Richardson. And while I would personally struggle to have him in the top 10, I understand why. And I'm okay with him going there because you know, if you, if you hit on, on Anthony Richardson, you're set for a very, very long time and you are are going to make a lot of money as a GM or whatever. Um, he's, he's got a lot more tools and he does get away from sacks better than these other guys who scramble a lot. So that's, mm-hmm. that's very, very important, especially with unlike Bryce young, Bryce young gets away from him, but he's not looking, he's not going to suddenly rip off a 35 yard run. And Richardson did that quite a bit. So you'll take some, you'll struggle early, especially if you're drafted in the top 10, but it, mm-hmm. it is, I think I understand the risk there. Let's see. Have I changed my mind from like 20 minutes ago? I guess I still <laughs> have, I guess I still have CJ Stroud too. Um, wow. Okay. Because there will be a, you know, again, maybe he'll he'll handle the adversity fine pretty quickly, but there will be a bit of a learning curve. Somehow he dealt with less adversity than Alabama's quarterback last year. Um, and he did, yeah, I don't want to say too many negative things. He's really good. He hits guys in stride. He's very accurate. And, and if he goes number one, awesome. But I think I would have him number two uh, overall behind my guy. Um, the, the, the impossible to prototype. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Young, he just he he made me laugh out loud too many times last year. I think that's really my my evaluation standard is how many times am I so shocked by what you just did that I laugh? Um, he did it a lot. He's really really fun and good. And I don't 
I don't think he'll take too many hits. Therefore, his whole skinniness issue won't be as uh, much of a problem as it you know otherwise might be. So it sounds like Stroud and Young, you're comfortable taking anywhere. Um, yep. Richardson first round somewhere. Yeah, I'm fine with top ten with Richardson. I top get it. Top ten for Richardson. <laughs> I, I, you get it, but you don't sound like you believe in it. I would just, you know, I said, you know, if you if if you hit on him, then you're you're uh, you know you're gonna get 13 more jobs. Uh, you're set for life in the NFL uh, if you pick Richardson and it, and it hits. But if it doesn't. You know, I guess I guess all GMs are getting fired pretty soon, uh, anyway. So, wow. You know, just, just go very, ahead and take the just go ahead and take the chance anyway. Very, very Kyle Shanahan nihilist approach. That's right. <laughs> uh, no one's going to have We're a job all, soon anyway. That's right. We're all getting fired at some We're point. So, getting just laid off. Have have some fun. Um, and then we'll have a side of the first round and headed <laughs> hooker. W- would you consider taking headed hooker over Will Levis? Yeah, I mean, in terms of who I would rather have on my team, like right now, all contracts and future aside, I think I would take Hooker. But I understand the the age gap and and the knee issues and everything else. Um, so I understand Levis, but I would certainly, if we're talking one year contract next year only, then yeah, Hooker probably. There we go. Well, he's probably going to retire at some point. That's right. After. I mean, he's already. Yeah, those the arthritis forties. The arthritis. Jesus. I hope Hedden Hooker does not listen to this podcast. He's going to be very mad at Bill Connolly for making those comments. I said he's better than the number four prospect in the draft, apparently. So you know, there's that. That's true, but he's creaky, is what he also (laughs) said about him. He said he's about to break down. That's not going to happen. All these quarterbacks are going to be great. Bill Connolly raising concerns. No reason. These quarterbacks are all great. That's how uh, how draft works. You draft a guy, he's great. That's it. No, no, no prospects <laughs> fail. No prospects bust. That's Bill, right. you're going to write about all these quarterbacks very yes. soon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I have a uh, fatal flaws piece. As you see, I'm I'm well prepared to talk about these fatal flaws. Um, that'll come out next week on ESPN.com. Hendon Hooker's fatal flaw is uh, he's, r- he's, risk of falling. Yeah, he's he's near he's near he's near old age. Uh, yeah. if, if you put arthritis in that column, I will Venmo you. <laughs> I will Venmo you twenty dollars, Bill. Awesome. Well, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. There we go. All right, Bill. Where can people check out the rest of your stuff? I mean, I use uh, for years. I've just been saying, go to Twitter. It's all there. I mean, and Twitter still exists now, so I guess that's still the answer. Um, but yes, ESPN.com. Good amount on the college football page. Decent amount on the soccer page too. A little tennis. You know, it's all there at ESPN. A man, a Renaissance man. Some would say. <laughs> I mean, yes. I, anybody who says it, I'm fine with it. But I don't think uh, I don't think too many people say it. I'm I'm saying it here. Renaissance man, staff writer Bill Connolly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. Thanks so much to my friend Bill Connolly for hopping on today to break down the quarterbacks in this year's draft class. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely uh, a lot still up in the air as we're a couple weeks away from the draft, but definitely some interesting things happening. Don't know what's going to happen with the third overall pick. Um, don't know what's going to happen with these quarterbacks. Don't know what's going to happen with Bijan Robinson, who I wrote about this week for ESPN.com. Also have my uh mock draft column where i just do a trade for every single pick the dumbest column of the entire year not just for me maybe from anybody when it comes to the nfl but uh, seems to be one people enjoy so that one's coming out next week as well 
Hope you guys are doing great and more audio about the draft and the NFL offseason coming here on the Bill Bardenwell Show.